0: You are Locked On Packers,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers and you can follow the podcast and all of its content at LockedOnPackers.com. And this Thursday edition of Locked On Packers is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code Locked On at mybookie.ag for up to a 100% deposit bonus. It is Thursday of Lions Week. The Packers play the Lions on Monday. So not quite Lions Week, I suppose. But um, it is the Week 9 matchup for the Green Bay Packers. And before we get to our guest, Ed Fang from the Power Rank, who's here to talk a little, a little gambling, appropriate given our sponsor today, and some advanced analytics, some numbers on how you look at teams compared to other teams. There's, there are these really interesting models out there that compare them. Um, I call them point-based models because it basically they, they're looking to determine how much better. The ESPN Football Power Index is a point-based model. And you can use it to pick games. You can use it to, uh, to gamble. You can use it to, to you know just have fun. And I'm going to let Ed explain it, but I just I think it's a it's a useful tool because what is interesting is what is Aaron Rodgers' value to this team? Can we quantify it? That that was the question that I wanted to get into, and so that's why I'm having Ed on. I think it's a, a fascinating conversation. There's no easy way to quantify it, but but there are some hints. There are some there are some things that that we can look at, and so we're going to do that before we get to that interview. Um, There was a a little bit of drama today because it came out that the Packers, as part of the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, the 49ers trade for Jimmy Garoppolo from the New England Patriots. And originally in that deal, Brian Hoyer was going to be included. There were some salary cap machinations and comp pick things that decided ultimately that, that that would not happen. And so what happened was the 49ers cut. Brian Hoyer, and he signs a three-year deal with the New England Patriots. A report came out that the Packers had tried to make a play for Brian Hoyer. And there was a lot of sarcasm on Twitter and and rolling of eyes about how Mike McCarthy reacted to being asked about Colin Kaepernick because he was pretty emphatic. He was indignant, in fact, that he liked the quarterbacks in his room. And now there's this report that he was... Looking at Brian Hoyer. A couple things here. Number one, it's not his call. Ted Thompson, if Ted Thompson says, hey, coach, uh, I'm going to go and try and get Brian Hoyer. Are you okay with that? McCarthy would would say yes or no. So the Packers would not have pursued Brian Hoyer had Mike McCarthy not said yes. But that doesn't mean, it's not the same thing as McCarthy going to Thompson and saying, hey, we should go try and get Brian Hoyer. We don't know that that happened. And we can't assume that it happened. And so the indignation from McCarthy could have been genuine. What else is your coach supposed to say? Those are the guys in his locker room. He has to defend them. And him feeling personally attached to them, Brett Hundley in particular, and wanting to defend him and be defensive of him, makes sense to me. Now, Joe Callahan, that's a separate issue. He's not an NFL player. So the Packers' defense of him is is bizarre Brian Hoyer would undoubtedly be an upgrade over him. Now, I don't want to fall all the way down the Colin Kaepernick rabbit hole here, but Colin Kaepernick, especially at this point in the season, makes no sense. So people who are bringing this up are simply looking to get upset about something. And I understand Colin Kaepernick should be in the league based on talent. The Jaguars should have called him a long time ago. The Browns should call him. There are teams with bad quarterbacks the 49ers, before they made this deal, should have called him. And I understand the impulse of wanting the Packers, especially if you're a Packer fan. I had uh, one of my friends texted me today and said, you know, this sucks, whatever. Pe- there are some people that want, you know, their team to be the one that gives Kaepernick the shot that he's been deprived of up to this point. There are plenty of people who don't believe he deserves a shot. Based on talent, based on whatever. But he made no sense for this team. Because even if, even if Hundley plays so bad that you need to go to another guy or Hundley gets hurt, season's over. Probably. And you'd have to change the offense so much for Kaepernick that it just doesn't make sense. It's harder to evaluate your players if you're having to change the schemes that they're going to play in the next year. So you'd rather have guys in your offense And then you have a break in case of emergency. Sure, you can sign Brian Hoyer. Break in case of emergency. And he's going to come in and and just do some little quirky things. You trust him to just run your offense. Colin Kaepernick, he's just got a different set of skills. He doesn't have the kind of skills to play in a quick decision-making offense. That's just not who he is. He doesn't process quickly. So for the Packers, that never made sense. Okay, let's just be done with that. I, I don't want to talk about Colin Kaepernick on this team anymore. There's plenty of reasons to talk about Colin Kaepernick, not on this show, because all of his issues are are ancillary to the Packers at this moment. The other thing is Ricky Jean-Francois was cut on Wednesday, and that likely clears the way for for rookie outside linebacker Vince Beagle from Wisconsin, who could potentially have not a, not an enormous impact, but could have an impact on this defense. Ricky Jean-Francois was not doing that. He only played 61 snaps all season. He'd been cut before the season, was brought back. So he was clearly not um, a, a big part of this team, especially as Montrevious Adams gets up to speed. And Quinton Dial has been playing well. Now this, this more affects Kyler Fackrell and Mott Brooks. With Ahmad Brooks hurt, it makes sense for Beagle to get some playing time right away. To get in the rotation at outside linebacker. Ahmad Brooks was playing about, he had played to this point, 21-ish percent of snaps. Kyler Fackrell playing something like 38%. Now part of that is because Fackrell's been healthy and Brooks hasn't. If Vince Beagle is healthy, where do his snaps shake out? Is he taking Brooks's snaps or is he taking Fackrell's snaps? In a perfect world, he's taking Fackrell's snaps. And I think Brooks would already be doing that if he were healthy. He would have been taken. He would have taken more of them already. Now Wednesday was a was a close practice. Preparation starts in earnest today, so we'll know by Friday what's going on, who's practicing, what was precautionary, what wasn't, and we will we will have a show Friday, as I said, and then Monday we're going to have the the scouting report show the full the full on preview show. And before we get to Ed, I want to tell you about mybookie.ag. I've told you about these models that I put together, these point-based models. And you can use them to gamble. That's sort of the point of what of what they are and what they're supposed to be used for. And if you're going to gamble, you should gamble at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for up to a 100% deposit bonus. They have live in-game betting, a great mobile site, so you can make bets right from your couch. There are so many shady sites out there. Don't get duped. MyBookie.ag is legit. They've been in business for years and their rep is rock solid. Plus, they have the fastest payout. Seriously, just two business days. You make your bet, you win it, you get your money ASAP. It's no different than betting in a casino, but you can do it from your phone. So trust me and go to MyBookie.ag to place your bets and use the promo code LOCKEDON for up to 100% deposit bonus. All right, Ed Fang runs the Power Rank. He has a, he's a numbers background PhD from Stanford, and he decided to apply it one day to this site. And he got into March Madness. That's how I know him. When I was at Sports Illustrated, we used him for all sorts of of projects. Now he does college football, he does NFL, and he he digs into the numbers. He figures out what's going on and, and is able to regurgitate that, that information for, for plebeians like me who don't know what's going on. And we trust guys like Ed. So you can go to the Power Rank. They have a newsletter you can subscribe to. He also has a, a pay part of his site. Some of his information is free, but the premium content is behind the paywall. You can follow him on Twitter at the Power Rank. He gives away some of his information there. The email newsletter a lot of the information is in there as well, so there's plenty of ways you can you can engage with his content, and I highly encourage you to do that, especially if you're going to go to mybookie.ag, which you should. Ed, thanks for joining Locked On Packers. Hey, thanks for having me, Peter. So the the listeners will know that one of the things that I like to do is to pick games. I'll put together this this soup of point spread models that all come together, and and I, I sort of uh, index them. You have one of my favorite models going back a, a couple years. I, I found you with the March Madness predictions. Can you just explain a little bit when when you talk about a point spread model, mm-hmm. what, what that is and how, how it sort of comes together without obviously getting into, you know, what makes yours unique and proprietary? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the simplest thing to think about is that, you know, in every game there's a margin of victory. And the simplest team rankings take that margin of victory and adjust for strength of schedule. Um, so whenever you're looking at a good college football ranking, that's, that's all that really does. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's Sagarin, uh, the stuff I do at the power rank. Uh, there's a couple of other good ones out there. Um, but, you know, you know, for example, like if the Packers are, you know, are, are winning on average by 14 points a game, but, you know, they've, they've managed to, you know, play – uh, you know, a poor schedule, just for example, then maybe they get adjusted down and they get a rating of seven, uh, a rating of seven. And so that means you know, the Packers would be predicted to beat an average NFL team by seven points. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the, the math is all in how you make those adjustments. But at the end of the day, you get a, you get a nice little number uh, for any game by just uh, subtracting those ratings, uh, which is our expected margin of victories, and then adding whatever you want for, for home field advantage.
1: Now, what's interesting is the the number one team right now. You have the New England Patriots, and they're they're a six point five six predicted margin of victory against an average team. But last year, there were a couple teams that that were like over a touchdown. I think the Patriots by the end of the year last year were like a, they were like nine points. Right. Um, is it, it that seems to jibe with the idea that? the level of play and the number of good teams this year is, is just down across the board.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, you see that in, you know, the number of underdogs that are covering in the NFL this year. Like we, we don't really have any super teams, at least not this point in the season. Last year you had new England kind of running away with things. Atlanta was so explosive on offense. Um, that was another team that was, that was looking good in the numbers. Um, you know, actually, let me go through some of some of my member numbers that I usually say for paying members of the site. I mean, Pittsburgh and New England are at 6.1 points better than the average NFL team. That's tiny, uh, you know, for the top-ranked team. Um, still have a lot of faith in both of those teams. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of parity this year, and, uh, you know, we're seeing that play out on Sundays.
1: It, it makes it interesting for the fans, but it's... Uh... It's got to be tough for gamblers. The underdogs are like, uh, you know, some crazy number over 500 this
0: year uh, yeah, against or, the spread. So. Or it can be good, you know. I mean, I think uh, it, it's kind of, True. You, you really got to kind of feel out what's happening with the with those top and the bottom teams. Um, but, you know, I mean, you also have like a team like the Jets that everyone thought was literally going to be the worst team in the NFL. And mm-hmm. they, they haven't been like that at all. And, and you know, when you get a lot of teams like that, you get a lot of underdogs covering so one of the things, and this was
1: this was why I initially reached out to you, um, is the the thing that makes this hard that I've noticed as I'm going through and, and trying to make my predictions on a week to week basis is I'll see a number and I'll be like, okay, well, so, you know, team X is let's say they're four, you know, they're they're four, but you know, let's let's call it the Titans, but Marcus Mariota is not going to play this week, now. Right. How do I how do I deal with, deal with that? Obviously, the Packers are the best example of this. They have, I assume, the one player who would would change that number more than any other player in football. And I guess I don't know how to account for that. Are there? I mean, are there ways that you can account for that, or how would you go about doing that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think there's a number of ways to uh, approach it. Um, you know, the way that I like to figure out exactly how much Aaron Rodgers is worth is to look at my predictions and compare them to what the market values are. Um, so right now, Green Bay is a two-and-a-half-point dog at home against the Detroit Lions, a team that hasn't looked fantastic. Um, to mm-hmm. compare what that line maybe should have been if Aaron Riders were around, I, I actually go back two weeks. So um, I'll go back to you know what I would have predicted for this game week seven. So we have all okay. the data from uh, for both these teams and the entire NFL would have made Green Bay a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. So we're really looking at, you know, nine-point adjustment for Aaron Rodgers. And this is pretty much the same value that uh, I was getting when you looked at the New Orleans game before the buy for mm-hmm. Green Bay. Uh, nine is a very big number. Aaron Rodgers is a fantastic player. Yeah. <laughs> um, nine might be a little bit big. I think you kind of have to look at your competition – uh, I know Detroit looked pretty good on on the Sunday night against Pittsburgh, but they they haven't been particularly good um, before that game, especially the offense. And you know, and one of the other things that uh, I tend to look at is, you know what what you know, you can tell that the adjustment's a little bit too big by what fraction of the bets are being put on each team. Um, by sports insights, right. about seventy one percent of the bets on the side are for Detroit. And that usually means that there's a lot of public money going to Detroit. So, it kind of suggests that that's a little bit too much. If you've ever heard about fading the public, uh, it's something that they mm-hmm. really talk about a lot over there on Sports Insight. So uh, that kind of suggests that it's too much. If you, know, if you saw like a 50-50 split on you know, Detroit being a 2.5 favorite in that game, you'd be like, ah, well, well maybe that's all right. Um, so I think the adjustment should be a little bit less than eight points. Um, I thought that for the New Orleans game, that did not work out, but that does not mean that. Uh, I, I still think the same logic applies for this game.
1: I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I felt the same way about the New Orleans game. And actually the line moved late, like almost two full points. I think it was like six, six and a half for most of that week and came down. It was, it was like four, four and a half at game time. And I think people, at least the smart money, started to realize that that, that line was out of whack. And the outcome did not support that. Now that doesn't, that doesn't mean that, the process of determining that was wrong, and right. this is something that like we talk about all the time. Like just because the thing didn't turn out the way you thought doesn't mean the reasons for thinking
0: that were wrong. Right. Exactly. I mean, if you lose forty five percent of the time, you're doing fantastic. I think that's what everyone right. needs to, to keep in mind here. Um, you know, another right. thing about the injury that I wanted to bring up is it. It really depends on who the backup is. You know, we don't really know right. much about Brett Hunley uh, but we're still talking about a nine-point adjustment. Um, I remember back in 2013, Rodgers got hurt. Packers went to Scott Tolzien. Um, this is just off the top of my head, but I believe the adjustment was seven points. Uh, I don't know if Tolzien was more of an established quantity back then. Um, I'm sure the record He this wasn't. Year, it, yeah, he wasn't. So, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I remember it being seven back then, and that just seems like a more... Like, a touchdown seems about right for even a elite quarterback like... Like Rogers,
1: yeah, that's that. Uh, that seems right. But uh, Brett Hundley, based on what we saw on uh, Sunday, and maybe that—that's what swayed this. I mean, the the, the New Orleans game sure. was not an inspiring performance, and right. so maybe it, like, maybe it is closer to nine, and maybe maybe that says more about Hundley than it does about Rogers. I I think normally in these situations, you know, you think six seven, if it's Brady, if it's Breeze, if it's Rodgers, like those big name players are going to have that kind of adjustment. What have, what has happened, you know, just by way of example, what has happened
0: in New York with Odell Beckham? (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, that was really insane. I mean, it almost felt like it wasn't just Odell Beckham. So we should be clear that a lot of their other receivers were hurt. They had a bunch of starters missing. Brandon Marshall
1: got hurt. Sterling Shepard was hurt. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that game where they went to Denver, it wasn't just Beckham. But it felt like, I mean, the difference between my prediction and the markets was like 10 points. um, Right. Which I thought was just kind of insane. Um, Again, you know, just because, you know, the Giants ended up winning that game, just because they won that game doesn't mean that 10 points wasn't too much. Um, Right. Again, we just want to trust the process there. Um, You know, I still don't have a ton of confidence in that offense. Uh, Even with those receivers, I don't have a ton of confidence in that offense. Um, But... But, yeah, so, like, you know, 10-point adjustments, I mean, and, and there you're talking about a receiver, receiver, which is, a you know, a much more replaceable position than quarterback. I mean, you know, I mean, we can have a separate discussion about, you know, probably the only 10 guys you really want playing quarterback for an NFL team. Um, you know, there's a lot more receivers out there, and I think this happens in college, too. You know, top receiver goes out, usually a couple guys at marquee programs can can step in and, and do a decent job. Uh, mm-hmm. Not so much a quarterback.
1: Yeah. What I think is interesting is New England has, at no point in the season, I think, looked like clearly the best team, and yet right. by most of these these point models, they've been the best team. I mean, there was a brief moment, week one, week two, where it was Kansas City, but for the last three, four, five weeks, it's been New England. Right. It, it's one of those weird things where the 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 metrics don't match what we see with our eyes.
0: Well, <laughs> there is a reason for that. Um, you know, a lot of us have figured out that, you know, you should kind of keep preseason expectations in the model a lot longer than kind of, you know, normal fans think that you should. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, there's still some of that element in my model, which is what keeps them, you know, first, second uh, when yeah. I do the ratings. And, and that definitely reflects what the markets are, are saying as well. Um, you know, we have to remember, even 16 games is a really small sample size. Yeah. Um, you know, Brett Hundley might not have done well, but it was 30 throws. um, So I think 25 throws. So you know we don't want to, you know, don't want to get too crazy about kind of a small sample size, um, and you know just quant, just keep, I guess, following your process for what you think about these games, and let's you know understand that you know small sample size is inherent in football, and we just have to keep that mind in everything that we're looking at.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, football outsiders, uh, I, I think this is the latest into the season that they've kept their projections in and that they're still using Dave instead of DVOA, weighted DVOA, and that's a that's a change from years in the past, and that's something that they've developed over time. Right. It's really interesting how these things grow, and what I was trying to remind myself is these models, like anything with a data set, the more data you have, the more reliable the data becomes. Right. It just seems like the variance from week to week. I mean, the Denver Broncos can score forty plus on the Dallas Cowboys, and two weeks right. later, they look like uh, you know one of the five worst offenses in football. It's just it's just crazy what we're seeing on a week to week basis. The variance that we're seeing.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it's absolutely crazy, and it's so crazy that Brock Osweiler is starting for them this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean if you want to I oh, mean I know man. I know uh, Simeon did if not If Packer
1: fans things. are going to feel good about something it's they should feel good about not having to start Brock Osweiler.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: So uh, if if fans want to get more uh, insight from the power rank you mentioned your your members only data uh, which looks a little bit different for than from some of the free stuff you put out I right. I I told the listeners to to go to the site ahead of time and and check it out, but but where can where can they go to get more of it? What can they do? How can they how can they become a part of the PowerRank family?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the best thing to do is sign up for my free email newsletter. Uh, so every week I do I give give away some of the predictions I usually say for paying members of the site, uh, but I give away those in the email newsletter. Do a little write up. Um, of some of these predictions, why they're interesting, and just try to give a good analytics angle for both college football and the NFL. Uh, I think that's the best way to kind of engage with what um, I do at the Power Rank. And, you know, you can also just hit reply to any email and ask me questions, and I'm happy to answer them. Um, And, um, yeah, that uh, definitely supports everything that I do.
1: I just remember uh, when I first started reading your site, one of the things that that I thought about that I had never thought of before is... Uh, I was in a big pool at SI, and I was in a small pool, and I ended up, based on your suggestions, picking two different champions because I knew right. what the percentages said in the big pool versus the small pool that, you know, if, if 70% of my pool was going to pick, you know, this this final four, then yeah. I'm probably not going to win. Yep, exactly. If I pick that same final four, but in a smaller league. So it's just it, there's a lot of great insight that that you've had that I've used, and that's why I wanted you on the show, and that's why I think people should should uh, support you. So I appreciate you coming on the show.
0: Thanks, Yeah, Ed. yeah, thanks so much, Peter. And just let me mention, like, I mean, I've done a lot of stuff with the with the March Madness stuff. One of the things I'm trying to get into before bowl season is actually how to win your bowl pool. Uh, it's different mm. from March Madness because it's not a tournament. Uh, you don't have this overall winner that gets the most points. Um, And I think there's going to be some pretty interesting results and all those results should apply to your weekly NFL pools as well. So uh, if you sign up for the email list, I will let you know about all that stuff as it comes aboard this month. That's great. I appreciate
1: it. Thanks, Ed. Thank you.
0: I want to thank Ed again for
1: coming on Lockdown Packers. I I hope that 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 we didn't get too bogged down in there in the middle. I know the numbers can sort of be convoluted and confusing at times, and and a lot of football fans, especially, are just sort of like, just you know, can I just have my football, please? But trying to find a way to quantify what Aaron Rodgers means to this team was was a fascinating proposition to me. So talking to Ed about it, I, I liked his strategy, and I do think that the the betting markets undervalue this Packers team. And remember, just because they lost. To New Orleans doesn't mean that 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 premise was wrong to begin with. Remember, they were winning that game for more than a half. They can win this game on Monday despite being almost a field goal underdogs at home to a team that doesn't even have a winning record. They should feel insulted by that. They should feel slighted by that. The Packers should win this game on Monday. You heard Chris Burke yesterday. He was not ready or committed to picking the Lions. He didn't. He didn't come out and give me a full-on prediction. But he basically said, I'm not going to pick the Lions. So, or I'm not going to feel good about it. The Packers should win this game. Especially if the injury report comes back tomorrow clean. If Morgan Burnett is, is fully healthy. If Nick Perry is fully healthy. If Lane Taylor is fully healthy. The Packers should win a game at home against a division rival with an extra week to prepare. An extra day on top of the extra week to prepare. They should win. Will they? We'll see. A lot more to talk about before we have football on Monday. Remember, if you like the podcast, tell a friend about the podcast. I would would love to continue to grow. Uh, I'm happy about the switch. I think things are going well uh, on the new platform. I think it's going to be better for everyone, and I appreciate you listening. If you like the podcast, go to iTunes, review it. Leave your name and your Twitter handle in your review, and you could be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription, a $39.99 value. We talked about data with Ed. This is a ton of great data, fantasy football, charting, tools, rankings, all sorts of great information at your disposal. And all you have to do to get it is win our contest. And to do that, you have to enter. And you have to go to iTunes and leave your name and review. It's that easy. Plenty more to talk about for week nine. We'll be here again tomorrow. And you, as always, need to stay locked on, Packers.